I want me some glory hope. Welcome to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We listen to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, SoundCloud, YouTube, or on iHeartRadio. We thank each and every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Stevens, and I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right. Ooh, Bo Cephas, here we go. Man, did you like all of those overs last weekend in preseason? Woo! 13 and 3 <laughs> to the over, just kicking the balls out of everybody who took an under. But it got me thinking, you know, I have not seen that many overs, Bocephus, since our last trip two weeks ago to Vegas, where we saw a lot of overeating, overspending, inviting over. The hardworking ladies of the night, and of course, a trip over to the doctor for the inevitable penicillin shot on return <laughs> from Vegas. Look, I don't know, man. People say that Fauci didn't do anything good. I, you like they put magic in a syringe, they shoot it in you, and all the the, the monkeypox sores go away. So I don't know. Maybe I am on his side after all. Now. <laughs> Whether you are here for the funny. It's a quest for fun. I'm going to have fun, and you're going to have fun. We're all going to have so much fucking fun. We'll need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn smiles. You'll be whistling symphony doodah out of your asshole. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. What a stupid son of a bitch. My apologies, Mr. President. I will do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Sandler. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly, monthly, and yearly packages to fit your needs go to our website thefootballgloryhole.com and hit us up hit us up with those free picks premium picks and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way the winning way the football glory hole way y'all know the drill by now we will make you laugh (laughs) we will make you cringe holy santa claus shit but most of all baby we will make you a shit ton of money Woo! woo woo ow love that money now With all that business out of the way, welcome, welcome to the world's number one football capping podcast, Bo Cephas, as always, right here on the sports patio, we got the TVs glowing. We got the beer heavily flowing tonight, and right now, it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show, my friend, tell the people all about your horrible, freaking disgusting choice of the week well thank you very much there sir tonight i am drinking a rooster mexican ale 
from Mountain Uh-oh. Fork Brewery in Broken Bow, <laughs> Oklahoma. Yes. Uh, it got one quarter of one star out of five. This oh, beer is no. just like the state that it's from. It is fucking hey. garbage. Easy. Now, Easy. Longhorn. Easy. I know that you have a lot of experience with disappointing cocks from Oklahoma. Wait, no, wait, no, sorry. I, I meant to say right. you have that's a lot of right experience disappointing girls from Oklahoma with your cock. That's what I meant to say. I'm mm. sorry. I'll edit that later. But Very much did you know Very much did you <laughs> that the smallest penis on record by Guinness's Book of World Records is one sixteenth of one inch? But the guy mm-hmm. who said it said he doesn't mind mm-hmm. because, and I quote, I'm 29 now, and I've had girls who have come up to me after they found out about it and said, they just had to try it out, so I can't even tell you how many women I've been with because of it. So you know what? Good for that fucking guy with his micro-fucking-peenies getting fucking laid left and right, so kudos to Man. you, sir. I mean, if you just, like, think about the multiple times larger I am than him, like, it's at least three or four times larger. <laughs> I mean, I'm, like, killing him, just knocking it out. Man. Oh, you are bitch. fucking slaying it. And Scoreboard. guess what, boys and girls? We're about to fucking slay it. Uh, we're going to go over the AFC and NFC South Division uh, total wins over and under Vegas style. We're going to give out every team in every division what we think and of course a fucking course we're gonna give out best best to get you paid but right yeah. now we gotta get paid and to do that here is this week's sponsor this week's podcast is sponsored by billy's burger barn are you tired of people finding you attractive do you wish you had less self-respect do you want people to stop loving you well then come on down to billy's burger barn at Billy's Burger Barn, we have just the right combination of fatty-ass foods covered in salt and devil semen that will make you hate yourself in no time. In just one fucking bite of this preservative-filled, fat-laden, horseshit excuse for food, and you will have to avoid contact with your family for at least a week out of pure fucking shame. And nothing shortens your life expectancy like our extra value meal, so come on down to Billy's and get the Glory Hole Boy special. That's four double bacon cheeseburgers, exercise fries, and the biggest goddamn milkshake on the planet. All for just $5.99. At Billy's Burger Barn, you know our jingle. Your fat ass is gonna eat somewhere. Might as well be here. Jesus Christ, Longhorn, that Billy's Burger Barn is definitely a favorite of (laughs) mine and a favorite of yours. And although we eat there as sparingly as possible because we don't want to be humongous pieces of shit, just, you know, the regular pieces of shit that we are. We don't like to go into the humongous category. But uh, speaking of, uh, we were in Vegas a couple weeks ago. We did see several people that definitely, uh, you know, they ate at Billy's at least four times a week, Mm. if not five. That was obviously their favorite meal because they were humongous pieces of shit. Walking up and or waddling up and down the street, and even discuss, <laughs> disgustingly enough for us in the pool there at the circa, that was the worst part. Like, yeah. like, look, dude, if you want to be fat, whatever, do you. But you know, at least if you're a chick, you know, wear a one piece or a cover up or something. If you're a dude, you know the fucking rules. At some point, you got to put on a shirt. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't understand what we did when we forgot the rules of pool etiquette and being big fat asses. Well, I don't know about other people, but anytime I see a fat person, uh, at least in my mind, I don't obviously don't say it out loud, but my first thought goes to how do they have sex? Like, what are the angles? What are the positions? 
<laughs> how is he even like does he have a monster dong because like how are you you gotta fight through multiple roles before you even penetrate so i don't know man that's uh. that's where my i got a weird brain i guess but my my first thought's not oh those poor people or oh they must have had a really good time eating never saying no to food no 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 mine is how do you have sex do you have sex i don't know i'm weird I- I think that's probably their first thought, too, is, will I ever have sex again? <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time! Oh, my God! Okay, it's happening! Stay calm! What? what do you think is happening right now? What's happening? Excuse me, what is happening here? What is happening? What the fuck just happened? Oh, you know what's happening. It's time for all those winds coming in the air tonight, baby! Oh, the bells, the bells, baby. It is time for all those fucking winds coming in the air tonight. And Longhorn, we're going to start off with the AFC South. And we're going to start off with those Houston, with an H, Houston Texans. Uh, last year, 4-13. and That was actually our push. We went 9-4-1 and on our season over-under totals. Thanks a lot, Jacksonville! <laughs> All you had to do was win once. All you had to do was win one couldn't of those two games, and we fucking win. They couldn't do it. We get the push. Either way, uh, there's their trend line goes as such. 2017, they were eight and a half over under. They went under. 2018, nine. They went over. Great season. 2019, eight and a half. Went over again. 2020, that was with Watson. Seven and a half. Yeah, they went way fucking under than last year. Uh, four wins. They pushed on that. Vegas is obviously expecting great things, great things out of Houston this year. <laughs> they have upgraded them a whole half a game over under four and a half of the Houston Texans Longhorn. What do you have to say to those Texan faithful? Oh, uh, much of the same. Uh, probably don't watch very many Houston Texan games. I feel a lot of uh, Hello Corner TV games in their future again. <laughs> um, it's just a ugly, I, you know, when you, when you study rosters like I do, and that's why you, that's why during the season for our new listeners, you'll hear Bo Cephas say that I literally have like 18 teams that are my favorite team. And the reason that is, is because it's actually not that far from the truth because like there's about half the league that I love the way they're roster building and about half the league that I hate the way they're roster building currently. Now, obviously that can change year to year and and in five-year increments um, for sure. But as of right now, I'm sure of it. I hate the way Houston is roster (laughs) building. Um, I mean, do I, where do I start? I mean, I mean, Davis Mills, obviously second year starter at quarterback feels like a lame duck. I mean, there's, there's quarterbacks that are going to be coming out in next year's draft at the top of the draft. Um, I feel like he's just holding a spot for another shitty team just so that they can um, get a what 
will probably be their future quarterback next year in the draft. Um, who's he throwing to? Well, it's a Brandon Cooks is awesome. Brandon Cooks is one of those weird dudes that's been traded like four times, but is awesome everywhere he goes. Can't figure it out, but he's awesome. Outside of that, you got Nico Collins, Chris Moore, Chris Conley, Philip Dorsett, just a bunch of fucking just nobody Jags that have done nothing in the NFL. But don't worry, rounding it out at tight end is something named Pharaoh Brown as your, as your starting tight end. So <laughs> just, it's just a fucking colossal shit show. Now let's go to the trenches. Obviously, Laramie Tunsil at left tackle. That's good if he cares. Last year, he, he literally quit. He had an injury that should have brought him back. Eh, I'm good. I'll sit this one out, guys. You can just go ahead and pay me. Now, they did draft Kenyon Green, guard from A&M in the first round. If Tunsil and Kenyon Green, if Kenyon Green's good, that could be the starting, you know, the, the, the starting blocks of something you can build around. But then you go center to right tackle, Justin Britt, AJ Can, Titus Howard. It's just doo 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 doo. So, I mean, I've really got nothing good to say about the <laughs> offense, about the offense at all. Uh, for your fantasy football players, a player to watch, Damian Pierce, running back. Uh, look for him to, if not start the season as a starting running back, for sure he will take over eventually at running back for them. So something to look forward to for the future right there. <clears throat> now, let's go to the defense. Mm, mm, mm. I'm a trenches guy. It's going to be a broken record. You, you already know this. In the trenches, tell me, Bo Sivas, if you recognize any of these names. And I'm going to read the whole fucking front seven. Okay, I'm, I'm going to take the whole front seven. You tell me when you recognize one. Jonathan, Jonathan Greenard, Ray Lopez, Malik Collins. Uh, yeah, Aro- that's one. Oh, yeah, that's one. We know him as a backup player in, in, in Dallas. Orokono, yep. Chris, Christian Harris, Christian Kersey, Garrett Wallow. That's your front seven. You got anything besides a backup player in Dallas? Malik Collins. Sounds good. Yeah, so, yeah, let's roll. Let's roll. Yeah, yeah it's, that's terrible. So now, now let's go to the secondary. <laughs> <clears throat> you, you might be expecting this to get a little bit better. It's not. Uh, I'll, I'll say the bright spot right now, and that's Derek Stingley Jr., who I think is going to be just a stud there uh, at cornerback, assuming he gets, he gets healthy and everything's fine there. Now let me read what's around him. Steven Nelson, Eric Murray, Jalen Petrie, Tavari oh, Thomas. Boy. This is terrible. This is is a god-awful roster. It might be worse than last year's. Um, we pushed at four four wins last year. I don't see how they make it to four. I am putting them down for three and 13. I just, I, I hate, I'm sorry, three and 14. Um, I don't see how this is a, um, I just, this is a disaster. If, if, you know what, Bocephus? I poo-pooed all over them. Why don't you come in with some rays of sunshine and bring this back up? Actually, you know what I will. Uh, I think your 3-13 is accurate. They probably will cancel their last game just because, you know, why the fuck would they make them play 17? But (laughs) they will be favored in exactly zero games Mm. this year. Mm. That will be the second season in a row that they're favored in zero games out of 17. That's very hard to do, boys and girls. That does not happen a lot. Uh, they're the second worst team, or they were the second worst team in our power rankings last year, next to Jacksonville. Turned out to be pretty accurate there, and but their Pythagorean theorem did have them slightly better than what our numbers show. Now they were <clears> bad. They were obviously very, very bad. 
But the aforementioned David Mills did show some life. He was twenty fourth in Divi Davis Mills. <laughs> he did show some life. Why do I get it wrong now? Well, anyway, I know you got. He, I got it wrong last year. Now you're getting it wrong. Jesus Christ! Yeah. His DVOA was twenty fourth. That was better than Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and Zach Wilson. His QBR thirty five point five twenty six. Better than Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, uh, Baker Mayfield, and Sam Darnold. And his EPA plus CPOE, he was 29th. That's better than Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, and Sam Darnold. So, was he the worst quarterback in the NFL? No. But he was still really, really fucking bad. So, obviously I'm not hoping for much better out of him this year. Uh, our numbers have them at the 24% win percentage historically by our power ratings. That puts them exactly at 4.08 wins. I'm going to go under that. I will also say 3-14 and 14 for Houston. They are projected to be double-digit dogs in four games. That is the most in the <laughs> NFL, period. The Texas fans, I know you guys, you want that number one pick. You want one of these quarterbacks. You're in line to get it, and I don't see any world in any way, if they're scuffling at the end of the season, what they should be. There's no reason to go out to go get you know pretty wins. There's no reason to even keep pushing the Davis Mills experience. If we get down to the end and it's time losing time, yeah, they're not going to be extra motivated to win. And even if they are, we got them at under four and a half. They opened at four and a half last year. We unfortunately did not get the number until was at four. This year, we got the four and a half. I feel very secure in that because that four wins is absolutely their ceiling, but I'm with you. I will go with the three and 14. I like it. I like it. And if you're wondering, like, well, yeah, they suck, but, like, you know, did they make any money last year? It seems like they, you know, Davis Mills, he made some comebacks. He he kept them in the game, could you know, against the spread, which is a, this is a gambling podcast. Did they make us any money last year? The answer would be no. They were 8-9 and ATS last year. They made you no money, and you were forever dumber for asking that Mm -hmm. question. Please shut the fuck (laughs) up and just enjoy the rest of the show. All right, moving on to the Indianapolis Colts. Last year, 9-8, and they went under their 10-win Vegas over-under. Their trend line is as such, 2017, 9 wins. They went under that, 18. uh, 2018, 7.5 wins over 19, nine and a half wins under. 2020, nine and a half wins over. 2021, 10 win under. This year, their over under is 10 again. Vegas has them fucking nailed over, under, over, under, over, under. Longhorn, what do you got on these Indianapolis Colts this year? Well, this is a flip side. This is a team that I do like the way they roster build. Uh, I I think it's pretty well known that they have one of the better GMs in the league. Um, He's had some swing and some misses with the quarterbacks lately. But again, you know, hey, when you're borderline working on a Hall of Fame career quarterback literally quits on you two weeks before the season starts. I mean, he (laughs) got it. Hey, guys. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, I'm just I'm out here. I'm I'm just enjoying life. I'm playing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm the Andrew big, Luck, and I'm the just big lumberjack life. dummy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so obviously when that happened, they did swing and misses 
Well, not. I mean, Philip Rivers took them to the playoffs. So they did. They did the Philip Rivers went to the playoffs. Last year took a swing on Carson Wentz. We all know how that went. They were one game away from making the playoffs. Uh, all they had to do was beat Jacksonville. Couldn't do it. So um, Jacksonville uh, beats them, but they couldn't beat the yes. Texans. Uh huh. Got some weird shit going what on. What the so, fuck? So. It's the third year in a row. Another dart throw on Matt Ryan, and I, I'm a, I'm a more of a fan of Matt Ryan, specifically in this environment with a, with a better roster and uh, playing indoors. Obviously, is a big, big key for that. Now, the roster, uh, I love everything they've done in the draft. Obviously, like I said, Alec Pierce should step in at wide receiver and start right next to Michael Pittman um, immediately. Quite. Now, you can say there's question marks because Alec Pierce is unproven. Paris, Ham- Paris Campbell has been injury-prone throughout his career. However, if Pierce, Pittman, and Campbell meet their potential, that's, that's a good one, two, three um, receiving core. Now, uh, tight ends are much of the same. Mo Ali Cox, they drafted Jelani Woods out of Oklahoma State, the Giants 6-7 um, tight end. So we'll see how he fills into this mix. On the offensive line, there is a question mark at left tackle, and that could be problemsome, or that could be a problem area for Matt Ryan because he is a quarterback that needs a clean pocket. Um, they brought in Matt Pryor from Philadelphia, and they drafted Bernard Raymond out of oh god, I want to say you know what the Mac is your territory. I think he played for Central Michigan, but fact check me on that. Um, I liked him coming out. He's a, he's a guy that could come in there and play left tackle. But again, it's a rookie at left tackle. Even if he's good, there could be some some problem areas there. Danny Pinter, Pinter at right guard. Uh, I believe he played at Ball State. Another one of your little Mac guys or, or whatever fucking little shit conference that he played for. Um, interesting prospect. <laughs> finally coming in to start. But this has been an offensive line that's been dominant in the years past. It is not dominant anymore because of the two question marks and the two possible draft picks that could that would have to fill in there however quentin nelson ryan kelly and Braden smith those are two rock solid um left guard center and right tackle so a little good with a little unknown but you have to mention it now let's go to the defense <clears throat> there's not a whole lot to not like on this defense um they're building a good roster pass rushing was a problem last year they drafted quitty pay they um uh they brought in um Ngakwe. Uh, this year, so with the development of Pay and the pass rushing specialist of Ngakwe to go along with Buckner in the middle, they're hoping that solves their pass rushing problem. And if they do that, because behind that they got Shaquille Leonard, formerly Dar- Darius Leonard, um, and Stephon Gilmore, who they brought in on the back end to play cornerback. There's not a whole lot. I mean, you go up and down the back end of this roster with uh, with uh, Kenny Moore, Justin Bl- uh, Blackman, Nick Cross is a rookie they brought in to play strong safety. These are not well known names, but these are people that these are players that that grade well on PFF. So um, you know, even even Rodney McLeod, who they brought in from Philly, like they, they just have good dudes that grade well and. What they're hoping is that Gilmore gives them that star quality on the back end to go along with the star quality they have with Shaq Leonard and to go along with the star quality they have at DeForest Buckner and what they're hoping Quiddy Pay can can uh, break out and have that 10-12 sack, sack season. So, again, a lot of ifs, a lot of things need to go right, but it's a roster that's being built right. And, you know, if, if several of these ifs happen, 
They could win 11, 12 games. I could easily see that. However, because there are so many ifs and uh, and things that need to go right, I'm going to put them in right at that 10 mark, just like Vegas did. Uh, I think it's a safe zone area to put this team because, again, we just don't know how these ifs are going to play out. So 10 and 7 for me on Indy. What do you got? You say Matt Pryor at left tackle? Matt Pryor. Not the former – are you thinking about the former quarterback or something? No, I'll just, I'll just make sure I heard that right. Okay. So, they went 9-8 last year. If you look at them, points per game, ninth in the league. Defensively, points per game, ninth in the league. That is the kind of uh, production right there, top 10 both ways. However, they're 26.5 points per game, 21.5 points given up. That kind of leads you to be that 9-8, and eight, but they should have been they should have been 10-7. So, Vegas expectation has not changed from this team. It was 10 last year. It's 10 this year. They've nailed this team for five fucking years. There's no reason for it to change it now. Um, now, they have a much easier schedule this year. They get the NFC East. They get Philly, who's one of the better teams in that, in that division, at home. They are on the road versus Dallas. That's most likely a loss. However... Their other road game is against the Giants, and we know the Giants suck huge fucking nuts at home. So they're going to split those road games. If they can beat Philly at home, uh, they're going to beat Washington at home. So that's going to give them an advantage there. Now the big question for me is Matt Ryan. I'm not a big Matt Ryan fan. I never have been. However, the question is, is he better, worse, or the same that Carson Wentz? So I pulled up their numbers. EPA plus CPOE. Uh, Matt Ryan, or Carson Wentz was 20th. Matt Ryan was 21st. There was one one-hundredth of a point between them. Pretty damn close. DVOA, Wentz was 16th. Ryan was 21st, so average to below average there. Total QBR, ninth was, Wentz was 9th. Ryan was 21st. That is a huge fucking gap. That's top 10 to bottom third. That's not what you want to see. And then PFF, Wentz was 70.9 graded out. Now Matt Ryan graded higher, 74.5. So Wentz was better overall on average, but Indy's a much better team than Atlanta. That's why you see that PFF grade be higher for Matt Ryan. He was working with less. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I'll call it a wash overall. Mm. And then Indy did did underperform the Pythagorean theorem by quite a bit. Again, they should have won by every fucking number you could look at. They should have won 10 games last year, period. They should have been 10-7. and They blew... That last game for sure, they blew. They actually blew two games. They could have won 11, but all things being equal, they should have won 10. They should have absolutely won 10. I think the quarterback situation overall is a wash to me. Maybe Matt Ryan performs a little bit better with some better people around him. I'll get to that a little bit later when we get to the a or the <clears throat> NFC South. But I'm with you. I think it's 10 and 7 for me. I can't do any better than that. I, I'll call a push. They absolutely could win 11 games. Like I said, they could have won 11 games last year. They absolutely should have won 10, even with Carson Wentz. So 11 is definitely not the question, but not going to be a bet for me on the over. So I will go 10-7 and seven and the push. Yeah. I got, I, got no, I got no issues with that. All right, moving on. Those Jackson, my <clears throat> Jacksonville Jaguars. Woo, we had a hell of a season last year. 3-14. Worst team by our power rankings. Shaka! Uh, number one pick in the NFL draft yet again. Mm. So, their, their trend line goes as follows. Uh, 2017, their over-under was six. 
They went to the AFC Championship game. That was the big dick Nick year. Uh, mm-hmm. 2018 upgraded to eight wins. Yeah, they went under that immediately. 2019, eight wins. Under that immediately again. 2020, under that four and a half. Uh, mm-hmm. 2021 last year, six and a half. That was the easiest win of the year for us. It was actually the first team that we actually knew. It was a collecting ticket. Uh, they were mathematically eliminated from winning seven games or any total that we had faster than any other team. So thank you very much, Jacksonville, for just being shitty as you were supposed to be. Now this year, Vegas expects an exact upgrade of nothing because their over-under is now six and a half again. So Longhorn, what do you got on my Jaguars? Well, before I get into this shitty roster, obviously the biggest upgrade on this team is the absence of Urban Meyer. So that's already an immediate huge <laughs> upgrade. I don't care who they you brought You bite your over- tongue. He's a Christian man. He loves Jesus yeah. and his kids and yeah, grandkids and hookers and everything. Just like he's Jesus, he loves the hookers. I can't stand that dude. He's a fraud. He, he does he's not represent... My Christianity. Let's just say that. Look, look. I got my flaws. <laughs> I wear my flaws openly on my sleeve. I tell you all about them. Okay, I'm a Christian and I'm a flawed Christian. This guy likes to go around saying he's a. If fucking he doesn't, then Christian. I do. Yeah. So so yeah. They, I've got no secrets. <laughs> clearly, they they all get spewed out. <laughs> all right. Now let's talk about the roster. This ugly, ugly roster. Okay. This is a team. This is a. This is one of those teams that I can't stand. The way they're building, I hate the way they're building a roster. Um, they're going, they're going outside in. I like building inside out, um, and and even again this year, they they went outside in uh, in in the draft and in free agency. They brought in, you know, for a team that had a quarterback, they got the shit kicked out of him. They did bring in Brandon Sheriff, so I'll give them that. But it was just a shit offensive line, and it's still a shit offensive line. Cam Robinson. Tyler Shatley, Luke Fortner, a rookie center. That's always what you want behind a, uh, a a new quarterback. Brandon Sheriff at right guard and Jawan Taylor at right tackle. These are strut. This is an that whole line is shit or underperforming, except for Brandon Sheriff. So I mean, we'll see. Good luck with that. Um, now they did bring they extremely overpaid for Christian Kirk. They brought in Zay Jones. They already have Marvin Jones. They they. Paid for Evan Ingram, so again they 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 appear to be choosing to build outside in on offense. Um, Travis Etienne is coming back, and that will help them. That that is that's a thumbs or, you know a, a arrow pointing up for this offense big time. And again, if they can somehow give the kid some time to throw the ball, he does have decent weapons around him to to spread it around. And, uh, and and get that going. So I don't expect to be as bad as last year just because the weapons are better. But again, how much better can you get with that crap offensive line in front of you? Now, let's go to the defense. Um, again, the defensive line. They, well, they addressed it. They brought in the rookie from uh, Georgia. And wh- why can I not find him on here? Help me out with his name. What was it? Um, number one pick overall. Jesus Christ. Um Oh, um, sorry. Good Lord. Ma- Malcolm Brown? No. <laughs> uh, Trayvon no. Walker. Jesus Christ. Trayvon Walker. So, Oh, well, if, well they got to list as linebacker on here. Well, yeah, because they, they're moving to the 3-4. So he's playing OLB, which, like I said in our draft previews, that's not his position. He's not built for OLB. 
he, I mean, he's super athletic, so will he just athletic his way into sacks? Of course he will. Will he just make uh, offensive linemen look stupid at times because he's a freak athletically? Of course he will. But they're not going to maximize that potential. So, again, it's kind of like you're building the wrong – you're building a different way than I would. You're plugging players in that don't necessarily – it's like, you know, square peg, round hole type stuff. So, now the, the trenches – um, Roy Robertson Harris, Devon Hamilton, Fatu Kasi. These are players that are not good and overpaid. They, they, I think they spent ten million a year on Fatu Kasi, who's kind of a just, just jag, you know, middling starting player in the NFL. I just don't like anything to do with it. Now, I will say this: they're stack linebackers. I think in two years that they just drafted in the first round and the third round. Devin Lloyd in the first round, Chad Muma in the third round. They're, they're two stack inside linebackers. I think in two years will be one of the better stack, the, like right up there with San Francisco stack linebackers, like some of the best stack linebacker duos in the NFL. That's not going to do them any good this year. They're fucking rookies. They're going to be, their head's going to be spinning. Who the fuck knows? Um, now on the back end, what's there to like? Yeah, <laughs> what is there to like? It's a bunch of fucking... Shaquille Griffin used to be good. He struggled last year coming over here. Um, you know, can some of this change with the new coaching staff, a better a better environment with that? Of course, you know, because Tyson Campbell, second-round pick, uh, Andrew, Andrew Sisko, third-round pick, Shaq Griffin, you know, like they, they've put some resources over here, but it's just they're not good players, at least – at least they've fallen off or haven't proven they can be. So overall, I don't know why I spend this time this much time on a shit roster. But yeah, I don't like them at all. What do I have them? Hey, you know, I have them going six and ten. That's probably a little rich. I'm just gonna leave it so I don't have to, so I don't have to scribble it out. But yeah, six and ten for Jacksonville. Landing under. Um, I, I think maybe I just I gave them that much credit just because of the offensive weapons. But I could easily see this team going five and. Um, Actually, six and eleven, six and ten doesn't work. Six and eleven, right? Is that how it six works? These 11, fucking, yeah. these fucking yep. seventeen games still fucking with me. So yeah, I could, I could still, I could see them going five and twelve. I could, I could even see them going four and thirteen if the wheels completely come off. Uh, but yeah, what do you got? I'm, I'm gonna stick them at six and eleven. Yeah, so their offense can't get any worse. Uh, 32nd in the league in scoring. Uh, they scored a whopping 14.9 points per game in the year Killing 2021 it. of our Lord Jesus Killing Christ. It. Which even Jesus would be like, what the fuck are we doing out here? Because uh, not even 15 points a game in the modern NFL. That is not going to win you a lot of football games, boys and girls. Now, Vegas is keeping the market the same. And here's, I actually uncovered a trend on here, and I'm going to keep track of it for everybody just to kind of see if it holds true, and it's it's more towards my quest for finding out early on if quarterbacks will work, won't they work, can you pay them, would you pay them, blah, 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 blah. So, mm-hmm. if Trevor Lawrence is going to be any good, he will beat this number. And this is why I say this. I went back, uh, as far as we have data, which was 2017, and basically, if you don't beat your second year win Vegas win total, you're not trending well, or you're not going to do much here in the NFL. Now, here's the t- here's the quarterbacks that did beat their second year total: 
Jared Goff. Say what you want to. The man went to the Super Bowl. He's one play away from going to a second Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes. He's okay. Joe Burrow seems to be all right. Josh Mm. Allen. Yeah, he might make it. Kyler Murray. He's doing okay. Lamar Jackson. Yeah, he's won an MVP too. So, guys that didn't beat their second win total. Again, this is since 2017, so it's not a huge sample. That's why I'm going to keep tracking going forward. It's not the Bible yet. It's getting there. But guys that didn't, Tua didn't. He's not Mm. doing well. Baker didn't. He's on his second team. Daniel Jones didn't. He's already splitting uh, first round uh, or first team snaps with uh, Tyrod Taylor. That's not going well. Uh, Sam Darnold didn't. Uh, That's not going particularly well. Now, there are two players in this category, but there is a kind of caveat to both of them, Justin Herbert and Dak Prescott. However, both of those guys had nine and a half win over under totals in their second year because of the success in their first year. And that's what everybody needs to understand. Like Everybody says, well, look at the rosters. Look, the, the teams are shitty, their schedule, etc. It doesn't matter with any of that because Vegas takes all of that into account. They set expectations and factor all that into the market. Now, again, with Dak and Herbert, they had such high expectations coming in. Part of that's built because, you know, Dak plays with the Cowboys. They went 13 games rookie year. Justin Herbert was obviously had a great rookie year, great roster. Things just didn't quite pan out. So I don't think that those are definitely the highest two performing QBs, and Dak has proven himself now to be, you know, he's he's a top 10 quarterback, top 12 quarterback, any metric you want to look at year in and year out. So obviously he's going to be the outlier for this one. I think uh, Justin Herbert will beat this too. There's always going to be, you know, trend beaters, and I think those two are it. But overall, this seems to be a pretty good indicator whether or not you're going to be good in this league or not. So if Trevor Lawrence is going to be good in this league – he will beat this number, or at least he will get pretty damn close. And if he doesn't, which I don't think he's gonna, um, that's kind of where we're it's, at. So uh, I that, not that good. that's like if you yeah if you believe in Trevor Lawrence or not, that's kind of where we're at. You know, I don't think I do. I think I was wrong about him. I think that uh, maybe our like you said, maybe Urban was the problem, and he'll take <clears> off like Golf did. You know, once we got rid of uh, once he got rid of. Uh, Oh, 50-50, and got a real fuck football coach. You know, but mm-hmm. overall, the team, like you said, it does fucking suck. There's not much willingness, like you said, to help him out this offseason. And again, they were the worst team in our power rankings, which means even if they even if we doubled the power, even if they got 100% better this year, 100% improvement, they would put them at 38% win percentage by our power rankings historically, which will be 6.48 wins, which is right on Vegas's number. Mm-hmm. I don't see 100% improvement myself. I'm going to go a little bit under where you were at. I'm going to go 5-12. and 12. That's still really good improvement. <clears throat> However, if this quarterback trend, and I'm going to keep track of this now, if it holds true, uh, that's not good news for Trevor Lawrence. It's definitely not good for Jacksonville. So... Uh, I'm 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 projecting yeah. under, and I'm projecting uh, Trevor Lawrence to have a rough fucking career. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, I don't 
I don't like my 6 and 11. I'm going to go ahead and leave it. I, I wrote down 6 and 10, so the fucking old 16-game schedule got me. Because you're 5 and 12 when I just wrote that down. Just feel It just feels right. It just... It just looks. <laughs> it just looks and feels right. Uh, so I think you might, in our little competition, I think you might pick up a uh, a game there because I think you're going to nail it, and I'll be a game off. But whatever. Moving on. We'll see. Uh, and again, overall, ATS. We always like to look at how the we looked at. We really like to see how the best teams perform ATS and the worst teams because you you can make a lot of money fading the best and. Betting on the worst. And if you wanted to bet on Jacksonville last year, um, you probably aren't listening to this podcast because you can't afford internet anymore because they went 5-12 and 12 ATS. <laughs> so, probably not a good idea. In fact, since 2018, Longhorn, uh, we could have just blindly faded Jacksonville and been winning 61.9% of every fucking football game since 2018. Mm-hmm. If we would just said, hey, who's Jacksonville playing? Give me the fucking other guys. I'll lay the money. Just here, you can take it. And we would be literally fucking killing it. They've been one of the worst teams against the spread for the last four years, and it's not even fucking close. 61% of the time, it works every time. (laughs) (laughs) All right, moving to those Tennessee Titans last year. 12 and 5, first place overall in the AMC, the fucking one seed. Look at Ryan Tannehill go. All right, trend line as follows 2017, 8.5 over. 2018, 8.5 over. 2019, 8 over. 2020, 9 over. 2021, 9.5 over. They're kicking the shit out of Vegas. They're just every year, Lando wins. We're going over. We don't give a fuck. We're the Tennessee. Goddamn Titans, and this year, Vegas has them exactly as they had them last year. Nine and a half, Vegas is stopping. They went from eight and a half, eight and a half, eight, nine, nine and a half. They're staying at nine and a half. Vegas is fucking calling their bluff this year, Longhorn. (laughs) Are the Tennessee Titans going to beat those bastard books in Vegas again? No, they're probably going to, well, they're going to probably burn me too because I've got them going nine and eight. So once again, (laughs) once again, they're probably going to, I just... God damn it. I mean, and and I'm looking at the roster, you know, going over it, and it's it doesn't look like a 10-win team, but like you said, they always go over, and they'll probably burn me again, but whatever. Let's get into it. Um, you know what? Let's start with the defense, because the defense I really, really think could, could, um, could be um, maybe one of the staples of this team going forward forward um, because the offense is, is I'll get into is taking a little bit of step back uh, talent wise on the defensive line obviously you got the star Jeffrey Simmons you got I mean he's the he's the one that makes that defensive line go around that they've kind of put some jags in but it's jags that grade out at a decent level and when you're running this three four you need the stud in there and then you need a couple of just dudes that that hold their own on the outside linebacker position, Harold Landry and Bud Dupree. These are two dudes that produce sacks, but don't necessarily like. You know, they 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 pay. Bud these Dupree dudes. also <clears throat> he also produces arrests. So. Yes, yeah, he's got he's got some issues there. Now they produce sacks. They don't necessarily grade out very well on PFF. They they get a decent grade because they do produce sacks. 
Um, but overall, you you like guys that produce sacks because those are negative plays and usually gets your defense off the field. On the inside, Zach Cunningham and David Long. Nothing wrong with that that stack linebacker position. They're, it's not you know they're not going to blow you away, but they're they're above average starting inside linebackers, much like the outside linebackers. They're not going to blow you away, but they're good, solid, above average starters across the board on the front seven. And Simmons is clearly the best in that group. Now the secondary. This is where it can get. I mean, they could they could become really locked down because they've they've invested a lot of talent back here. Amani Hooker, Kevin Bird, uh, Byard, that's that's one of the better um, two starting safeties in the league. Um, now at the cornerback position, Christian Fulton, Caleb Farley coming off injury, uh, Elijah Molden, Roger McCreer, who they just drafted out of um, Auburn this last year. Uh, he was the guy that that just was a blanket on every fucking receiver in the SEC, but but uh, had the short arm syndrome, the T Rex arms, so slid to the second round. But he's a first round coverage ability. And he, didn't, Cor- he didn't run well either. Yeah, he didn't necessarily run well, but I mean, again, he played cornerback in the SEC. The, these are sticky, talented corners, and there's four of them to go along with a with a really good uh, safety tandem. And like I said. On the front seven, a lot of things to like there. So this, if if it burns me, because I'm putting them at uh, nine and eight, and if it burns me, it's going to be because this defense is just it, it takes a step and and becomes kind of the the strength of this team. Now let's go to the offense. Like I was saying, I don't this running game with Derrick Henry and that offensive line. It's been kind of their bread and butter. I don't necessarily love the offensive line anymore. They've taken some hits over the last couple of years. It looks like an okay offensive line, but not a dominant offensive line. Now, obviously, when you got that freight train in the back in the backfield, he can overcome some of those things, but he's going to have to. And when you, now, let's go to the receiving core. Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? Robert Woods comes in. He's going to start, obviously, coming off injury. If he's the same Robert Woods, okay, awesome. If he's not, we'll see. You know, that that could be a problem. Traylon Burks, rookie from Arkansas, not good things. Not great things coming out of out of training camp <laughs> with this guy. The first round receiver, uh, you know, he's kind of buried on the depth chart, falling into the doghouse a little bit. Um, but clearly, he has the talent to do great things. So we'll see how that develops. And then the third receiver, I mean, take your pick out of a out of a bunch of fucking shit. It's it's uh, Nick Westbrook. Um, it whatever. It's not good. And then Austin Hooper at tight end. So again, pedestrian offense. But they're kind of built this way. They're built with a with a running game. If that offensive line can hold up, un, uh, unimpressive offensive line can hold up, make some holes, play some defense with this with this really talented group of defense, then yeah, they'll burn me. They'll win. They'll win ten, maybe eleven games, and push for this um, division win uh, champions again. Uh, but I'm I'm leaving them at nine and eight because I'm just un, I'm unimpressed with this roster. Um, at some point, the Ryan Tannehill, you know that we saw in the playoffs against Cincinnati. At some point, we'll see more of that throughout the year uh, during the regular season, and um, it could happen this year with this unimpressive offensive line and unimpressive wide receiver score as a uh, wide receiver core as of right now. So what do you got? Yeah, well, uh, I got that that's the exact same thing they were last year. Uh, defense, they were sixth in the league at points per game they were ninth in the league at points per play and they were uh 12th in the league yards per game six best on third down they're just solid as fuck on defense and on offense 15th 
at points per game, just barely above average. Yards per play, 16th, right above average. Uh, yards per play, 22nd, so bottom third. They weren't great on offense last year. This, this game, this is very simple for me. Our numbers and Vegas say, from their from the number of games they're favored in this year, we say they're going to win nine. Vegas say they're going to win nine, which would be slightly under. But guess what, boys and girls? I'm not getting fooled by that bullshit again. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say they win ten games this year. They will go over because that's just what they fucking do. And until they don't, I think I said this on the podcast last year. I said until they don't win, mm-hmm. you know, more than know. they lose, I'm just going to say they win more than they lose. They're underrated every year by the market. Tannehill's underrated every year by fucking everyone. And last year they were the number one seed. You talk about fucking Henry. He wasn't even there. That was all Ryan Tannehill, which again, yeah, they were barely average on offense, but it doesn't matter. Because that's just what they fucking do. And with what do you mean Henry Derek Henry wasn't there? What do you mean he wasn't there? He wasn't there for the majority of the year. He was gone. Remember, he was gone for like the last ten weeks, I think. Mm, let me go ahead. Keep going. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look that up. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I don't see you know Tannehill being able to take them all the way to the number one seed in the AFC. I definitely don't see that fucking repeating. I'm not gonna go crazy, but I'm also. Not going to say they don't win fucking 10 games because that's just it's just kind of what they fucking do. They just they're kick Vegas's ass. They kick everybody's ass uh, throughout the year. Now, ATS, as the year moves on, they do get adjusted. Last year, they went 10 and 8, which won you a little bit of money. But overall, they're they're literally the 50 50 team ATS. So as the year moves on, they do get a little bit overrated. So generally look to to play on the Titans early in the year and then fade them late in the year after they, after they gained some momentum from a gambling perspective. But yeah, I got them going 10-7. and seven. And what did you have? You you got them 10-7. What did you have um, Indy going? Well, it's time for the recap, sir. So I got Tennessee <laughs> going 10-7, and seven, slight over. I got ten, Indy 10-7 ten on the push. I've got Jacksonville 5-12 and 12 on the under, and I've got those Houston Texans going 3-14. and 14. All right, I'm just putting Tennessee above Indy for you at 10 and 7 because I already know you're going to pick Tennessee to win that division. Um, all right, so by the way, Henry, you're right. He only played eight games. However, he had fucking 219 carries in eight games. If they'd have played him 16, he was on <laughs> he was on pace to get 440 carries. What are they doing? Good Lord. Um, all right, so I've got Indy at the top, 10 and 7, Tennessee behind them, 9 and 8. Jacksonville at a regretful 6 and 11, and Houston bringing up the rear at 3 and 14. All right, boys and girls, that was the AFC, and now we're going to move on to the NFC South. All right, and in that NFC South, Longhorn, we're going to start with those hot Atlanta Falcons. 7 and 11 last year. How did they win 7? We'll never know. Mm-hmm. But we still won on our best or one of our best bets under the 7 and a half. Their trend line is as follows 2017. Uh they went over uh 8 and a half. 2019 9 and a half over. Uh 28 and a half under. Tw- or sorry, 19 8 and a half, 20 9 and a half under. 21 again under the 7 and a half this year. They're over under. Vegas expecting great things out of them is five. So what do you got on those dirty birds? Yeah, let me 
write down five. Is there over under? All right. Um, let's make this one quick. In the essence of time, we are running long. So what I will say about Atlanta is they are playing some big boy ball, and they got some fucking dudes over here on offense with Corderell Patterson, Brian Edwards, London Drake, they Kyle Pitts. Like they're gonna look awesome coming off the bus. Uh, getting back on the bus, they're not gonna look as good uh, don't like don't like a lot of what they've done they've a lot of swing and misses on the offensive line let's make it quick that offensive line is poor swing and misses uh, Mariota we know what he is uh, don't be surprised if we see Desmond Ritter about halfway through this year um, do do love Drake London do like Kyle Pitts so the future's bright there with the skill positions but again not a lot to, to like on that offensive side of the ball uh, now on defense Doo-doo, 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 all three levels. Um, I will say that the combination, the corner combination of A.J. Terrell, who I did not like coming out of Clemson a year ago, but was a fucking baller, and uh, Casey Hayward, who they brought in from Vegas. Interesting cornerback duo. Um, So we'll see what that can do. But outside of that, fucking trash. Now, they did draft a uh, project, Troy Anderson, out of Jesus Christ, a small school. Maybe you can help me out, but second-round player. Out of Jesus Christ? He was not out of Jesus Christ University. He was out of – I'll look it up when no. you start talking. But he's he's a he's a player much like – he's kind of like an Isaiah Simmons, who the Cardinals drafted a couple years ago. Where is he going to fall in and play? Linebacker, outside linebacker, who the fuck knows? But he's an interesting prospect. But, again, doo-doo, Jared uh, – Grady Jarrett is a stud at defensive tackle. Other than that, a bunch of trash besides corner. So I got them at I put them in at five and twelve. So right right in with Vegas. What do you got? All right. So um they'll only be favored in two games this year. Now, the question <laughs> is, can Mariota be better than an aging Matt Ryan? Well, here is your answer, boys and girls. Last three years he was a starter. A Mariota. Went from QBR 58.6, above average, to 53.2, right at league average, to 35.5. That's where he was benched for Ryan Tannehill. Now, Matt Ryan, I don't like him, but he's probably a borderline Hall of, or he is a borderline Hall of Famer, and Mariota definitely is not that. And if you look at his last three years with this team, which was a much worse team, obviously, we just told you Tennessee goes over their fucking total every year, uh, and these were the worst three years of his career successfully, or in succession, uh, last three years, QBR, 59.6, better than Mariota's best year with Tennessee. 59.8 next year, better than the next year with, with uh, Mariota. And then his worst year, well below average, 46.1, still much better than Mariota at 35.5. Uh, this is a very simple handicap for me. I'm going way under you. I'm going 3-14 and 14 with this team. Oh, they are fucking shit. garbage. Oh my god. Okay, let me write that in. Atlanta three and fourteen. By the way, Montana State, the great Montana State uh football team oh, where course. Troy where Troy Anderson played quarterback, running back, and linebacker for that team. So <laughs> who knows? Maybe he and can that, take over at quarterback. And now he's their kicker, I think. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And Atlanta last year, six ten and one ATS. So if you bet on them again, boys and girls, you are just fucking broke. All right, moving on to those Carolina Panthers. 6-11 and 11 last year. Another great win for us on our season totals over-under. Uh, their trend line is fall 2017 over. 
2018, eight games under. 2019, eight games under. 2025 and a half under. 2021, big upgrade with Teddy Two Gloves, seven and a half. Yeah, they didn't fucking do that either. Uh, six and a half this year. Vegas is expecting a complete and epic fucking dumpster fire. Longhorn, what do you got on this Carolina Panthers? What what does Vegas have them at? Six and a half. Do I want to put a middle finger up to you and and change them from the six and eleven that I have them at to seven and and ten just to give my Baker Mayfield fuck you? No, I won't. I think I I think I'll leave them at six and eleven. However, I will say this: this is not a terrible roster as it has been. This roster is coming. It's coming along, boys. Okay, it's coming along. We're starting to get there. <laughs> All right, so on the offensive line, obviously they drafted uh, Iquanu. He's going to instantly start at left tackle and road grade people. They brought in Bradley Bozeman from Baltimore. He's going to start at center, so immediate upgrade at two positions. Uh, Austin Corbett, right guard, and uh, T- uh, Taylor M- uh, Moton, who was our best uh, offensive lineman last year. That is not, assuming the first-round pick, at left tackle, which I don't see any reason to doubt him, is going to be awesome. That's not a bad offensive line. It's not great. It's not poor. It's it's okay, which is very important for a, for a player like Baker Mayfield. Obviously, you got Christian McCaffrey in the backfield, and the and the combination of DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Terrence Marshall, second year player out of uh, LSU, not bad, not a, not terrible receiving core. So overall, in the offense. Baker's got some things to work with. It should be certainly much better than it was last year. Now let's go to the defense. They're doing some great things over there. Good things. Let me not go crazy. They're doing some good things over there. Brian Burns is a stud pass rusher in the NFL. Uh, Gross Matos has been a disappointment. That can change at any time. But, um, you know, we'll see. As of right now, he's a disappointment. But, you know, uh, Derek Brown in the middle, He's he's got the potential to take a step up. He's been an okay uh, defensive tackle. He's not lived up to the potential of a first-round pick that he was, but again, that can change. Now, Shaq Thompson. I've, I said this last year on, on multiple podcasts that we did. I think he's the most underrated linebacker in the league. I think he's, I mean, if he if he wasn't playing for Carolina, if he was plugged into San Francisco or the Rams or, you know, just whatever, I mean, he and he does go to Pro Bowls. It's not, it's not like he doesn't get any props, but he's fantastic. Now, in the secondary, Jeremy Chin. Uh, J.C. Horn, play, you know, two players that everybody loves. C.J. Henderson, who they traded for, the failed corner from uh, – he drafted from Florida, uh, went to Jacksonville, whatever happened there with that fallout with the coach. You know, it is what it is. But he's got a fresh start now in in uh, Carolina. We'll see how that works out. They brought over Xavier Woods from Minnesota, just kind of like your average starting safety. So, again, much like the much like the offense – it's not terrible. So, I put them at 6-11. <laughs> Apparently, I'm going under expectations for a roster that I just said is probably better than most people think. So, you know what? Actually, I'm changing it. I'm changing it. I'm going 7-9. and nine. Oh, boy. I, yeah, I just oh talked boy. myself into it. 7-9, Carolina. What do you got? I'm going to be quick with this one. Uh, Vegas is downgrading them in a, an entire win from Teddy Two Gloves to uh, the combination of Sam, or oh, sorry, from Sam Darnold and uh, Baker Mayfield. There's no uh, combination. Because, 
There's no combination. It's Baker. Either way, neither one of those quarterbacks have uh, shown to be able to elevate any kind of offense that wasn't or any kind of roster wasn't great. Baker had some good times at Cleveland when he had a great team and he was healthy. Uh, but now he's got a shit team and, you know, I don't expect great things from him. And plus, their coach dresses the worst I've ever seen. <laughs> There's no possible fucking way that any dude that you wears wrinkled-ass khakis that's cuffed four fucking times before it hits mm. his goddamn fat cankles mm. uh, is ever going to be successful in the NFL. You talk about the fucking bloom coming off a of rose. That dude, yeah, he he's fired after this year. And uh, I'm going to be generous just because of Baker and just because uh, Deshaun Watson probably will not play week one. I had them at 5-12. and 12. However, <laughs> it, might be, it might be a surprise survivor pick week one on Carolina, a team that's going to – I got winning six games all year. I think one of them is week one, <clears throat> Baker's revenge game against the Browns with no Watson playing there. So I'm going to go ahead and go 6-11. and 11. It'd be generous, right. but still slightly under Vegas's number. Take it. I'll take it. And, and by the way, boys and girls, again, if you want to bet on Carolina <laughs> last year, uh, five and twelve ATS. So they fucking killed it. They're just fucking. They're killing your bankroll. That's what they're doing. <laughs> so be wary. Be wary about those Panthers. You got to bet them in spots. But I think week one might be one of those spots. We'll mm-hmm. see. All right, moving on. To those New Holland Saints. <clears throat> All right, trend line is such, 2017 over, 18 over, 19 over, 20 over. They just fucking go over. Last year, I uh, got the push, no breeze, and, and now Peyton's gone. So they're over under this year, eight and a half. That is the lowest total we have seen out of New Orleans in quite some fucking time. Longhorn Vegas expecting a big, big downgrade. What do you expect? Yeah, the, the uh, complete opposite. This is my biggest... Um Go out on a limb. Although I don't really think it is going too much out on a limb. Um, I love this roster. The go out on the limb part is the Jameis Winston part. So, like, that's that's the part that could absolutely burn me and burn everything I'm about to say. Um, so, you know, take that with a grain of salt. If it's the bad Jameis Winston all year, then it, everything I say, just throw it in the fucking garbage, wipe your ass with it. But if it's the if it's just an average too good Jameis Winston, then this this could absolutely hit. Uh, let's start with the offensive line. Guys, this is how you build an offensive line. Okay, you put investments into it, uh, high draft picks, and you just keep plugging and, and you allow a new quarterback, even though he's been in the league a long time, the comfort to work himself in. They just drafted Trevor Penning uh, at, with their first, over, or first round pick this year. He's going to plug in at left tackle. Left guard, Andrews Pete. Center, Eric McCoy. Right guard, Cesar Ruiz, another first-round pick. Uh, Ryan Ramchek, one of the best tackles in the league, another first-round pick. So one, two, three, four first-round picks and a second-round pick. That's how you build an offensive line. That's how you make it easier to work in a quarterback, whether it's a, a veteran that needs to find his way or a rookie that needs to also find his way. We know about Alvin Kamara. They brought in Lab- or running uh, back Jarvis that Lant. wanted to play quarterback. Who? Does that work? Uh, Taysom oh, Hill? No, the tight the tight end to quarterback no. transition isn't going to work. Um, he is still he is Damn the backup. It. He is the backup tight end 
on this team. And I, I don't hate having him. <laughs> I don't hate him having Ty, Taysom Hill on this roster. D- d- I mean, laugh all you want, but having a guy like that on your roster is – it's not a negative. Let's put it that way. Uh, receiving court, yeah, Michael Thomas. Yeah, just not Thomas. the guy calling the fucking signals yeah. every Sunday. That's of what course. I don't want. Of course. Michael Thomas, apparently, you know, apparently he's in good spirits. And we'll see if he can bounce back. They brought in Jarvis Landry. And, of course, they, with their second first-round pick, they drafted Chris Olave out of uh, – that was Ohio State. So, just a fucking loaded offense. There's no reason that, that Jameis shouldn't feel comfortable, play comfortable, and put up what I would assume is his best uh, career – or best year in his career. So, now let's go to the defense. Once again – this is sneakily one of the better drafting teams in the NFL. Like, they're just fucking knocking it out of the park left and right. Um, on defense, Cam Jordan, he's been there forever, but he's still a fucking badass. Marcus Davenport, UTSA first-round pick in 2018. They got a couple of... Roadrunner, um, baby. Yeah, he was, and he's a badass. Uh, under Underknown but highly performing defensive tackles that are going to stuff the run. Uh, at the stack linebacker positions, Demario Davis is a stud. Pete Warner, who they took out of Ohio State in 2021, the second round, is a fucking hit already. You go to the secondary, you got Paulson Nadebo out of Stanford. I kidding. I hated that player. He's been a hit in the third round. They brought in Marcus May and Honey Badger at both safety positions. Those are two, you know, uh, they, they grade out They grade out well. No matter, no matter what you want to say about them, they grade out well. And then Mar- uh, Marshawn Lattimore and... Uh, Gardner Johnson, two highly graded players. Just this is a fucking stacked roster. And when I, when I'm saying I'm going out on a limb, <laughs> I've got to make a decision. And I'll do it probably when you start talking. I've got them going eleven and six, so way over the eight and a half. Um, the decision I have to make is: <laughs> Am I going to make them the surprise NFC South champion? So I'll let you take it away. I've got them going eleven and six. Yeah, well, uh, Vegas is expecting a downgrade, and I honestly thought we would too. I thought this would be one of the teams we bet are the under on in Vegas. Turns out I was wrong. At least our numbers say that I am. Uh, we have them at a 53% winning percentage. Historically, and by our power ratings, which is nine wins, that's the slide over. They'll be favored in six out of 17 games, at least in the preseason. That's what it says. Uh, again, Vegas is expecting around nine wins. So they're leaning over their totals, too. Honestly, that's good enough for me. That and the fact that I do love Chris Olave. They fucking way overpaid to get him, but I fucking love that kid. I know rookie wide receivers have a difficult time making a big impact in the NFL, but you do have, you know, one every so few years to do. Like, I mean, look at Jamar Chase last year. Couldn't catch in the preseason. Turned out to be a badass. Um, Chris Olave, I think, is going to make a... I don't know he's going to make a chase-type difference, but he's going to fit in well. I've always loved Jarvis Landry. You know that's one of my boys. Uh, I think that was a great fucking fit here. Uh, he's a great route runner. He's going to be a great fucking you know inside yeah. guy for Winston. Get open. Third down options, which is what Winston needs. If he can just keep himself under control and under composure, I don't expect the downgrade from the total market that Vegas has. But, again, Vegas is not expecting that either. It's one of those sneaky, they're putting it at 8.5, expecting people to bet the under. They really think they're going to go over. I think they're going to go over. I'm going to go with 9-8 and eight and uh, go with the slot over there with uh, New Orleans. I'm shooting my shot. Shooting my shot. 
And I can't believe you didn't mention Taco Charlton with that addition. How? How did you forget? I, they I added the taco, to, baby. I try not to mention rotational players, so. They added the taco. All right, moving on to the Tampa Bay, the champs of the South, Buccaneers. 13-4 and four last year. Of course they were. It's not worth mentioning their timeline because Brady showed up in 2020. Since then, yeah. over, under, 9.5, over. Last year, their over, under was 11.5. They cruised by that. Uh, I believe that I gave it as my best bet two years in a row. Because uh, that's just what fucking Tom Brady does. <laughs> now, Vegas is expecting the same of them as last year, 11.5 for the over and under. So, Longhorn, what do you got on the top of Brady? Buccaneers. Yeah, this is this is just, let's make this easy. Because the roster largely is the same as it's always been. They brought in Julio Jones. So we'll, we'll see what he has left to go along with this um, uh, receiving core. Now, the, the, the trouble spot could be on the interior of the offensive line where they, they've had an injury at center. And the left guard was already going to be a question mark. So two question marks at left guard and center. We'll see how that works out with Tom Brady. But again, it's pretty irresponsible to bet against Tom Brady. It's you're, you know, I'll probably do it on here just because I like to be contrarian. It's just my nature. Um, and anytime I can find a uh, a reason to kind of like I don't know, call my shot and 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 be ahead of the curve, I like to. However, I will say that. You know, if you're betting against Tom Brady in this division, you're just, you're just, you're, you're climbing uphill and you're, you're just, you, it will happen. Like, I mean, at some point, Tom Brady, Tom Brady is not going to be the only guy, the only quarterback in the NFL that walks out at age 45. I know this is true because nobody's even played to 45. He, he's not going to be the only quarterback to walk out at 45 playing awesome the entire way through. Now, can he be the first one? Sure, he can, but at some fucking point, this has to show a little bit of regression. And with trouble up the middle of the offensive line, could this be the year? More than likely not. But, I mean, it it, it has to happen at some point. The defense, it's all the fucking same. There's not, nothing to even get into there. Uh, they did lose uh, Dominican Sue, but they brought in Akeem, Akeem Hicks from Chicago, and they drafted Logan Hall out of Houston in the second round. So, you know, it's it really just comes down to will – Brady at some point show that he is an actual living human being and show regression at some point. I don't know if he will. I what was the what was Vegas over and under Rosivas for them? Eleven and a half. Oof. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna put them at eleven and six, uh, just because I'm gonna be contrarian and uh, tied with New Orleans. Hater. Yeah, tied with New Orleans for that division. So um, yeah, eleven and six, Tampa. What do you got? All right. Uh, again, Vegas expects them the same eleven and a half as last year. Um, they can't go to get. They cannot go to twelve games, or else they get a hammer on the under. However, their schedule is brutal early. They could easily start one and three. But even if they do, That's if you good. take out every game that they're not favored by more than three points, and if they lose them all, even if they start one and three, they're still going to win ten games. There is not one game that they're a dog in the entire fucking season. They're favored in 16 out of 17 games. The only game they're not favored in, it's a push. Now, if you look at their kind of in-season game lines, last year, minus 6.5 is where it opened. 
At home versus Dallas, it opened them minus 2.5 on the road. Four points for the home field swap. Basically the same as last year. Uh, but last year they were only favored in 15 out of 17 games. Uh, and they won They won 13. That that projects 11 wins and won 13. This year, 11.5 wins is what is projected. That's exactly where Vegas has them at. Our power rankings have them at 70.5% win percentage. Uh, that puts them right at 12 wins. Now, I wanted to say 11 wins, but I have to look at this division. They went 4-2 and two last year. They lost to New Orleans both times because for some reason, Tom Brady just can't mm-hmm. beat those people. Mm-hmm. But they were favored by 2.5 early in New Orleans in the season. They're favored by 4 now in New Orleans. They're, they're hosted Atlanta. They were favored by eleven, or sorry, yeah, they're favored by. They were nine and a half last year. They're favored by eleven and a half this year. Six and a half at Carolina. Now there's seven. I don't think they're necessarily better. I think you're right, but Vegas is telling you they don't think that the rest of the division is any better either. In fact, they've got a little bit worse. But their schedule is tougher. They don't get the NFC's cupcakes this year, so. That, and they get Dallas the only NFC East team play, they played, and Dallas gave them all they could handle last year. As I think that game closed at like eight, mm-hmm. and it came down to the wire, and that was in Tampa. Now it's in Dallas, so I'm going to go with our number and say they go twelve and five, twelve and five, and it's a slight Ooh. over for me for Tampa Bay. All right, I mean, yeah, I can't. That's not, I mean, yeah, they're fucking. They got Tom Brady, and they got a, a good roster. I mean, yeah, I got, I got nothing to nothing to fight with you on that. All right, recap. NFC South for me. Tampa Bay, the 12-5 and five slight over. Um, not best betting them this year. Not feeling that strong about it as it has the last two years. Uh, New Orleans, 9-8 and eight slight over there. The Carolina Panthers, 6-11. and 11. Um, Again, I'm all over the under there. The coach is fired, and... Um, you know who knows what's going to happen to Donald and Baker after that. And Atlanta three and fourteen, yeah, they suck. Um, God damn. And you know what, Atlanta? That's what you get for drafting a tight end in the first fucking round. That's what you get. It's what you fucking get. He is awesome though. All right. So my recap is going to be New Orleans at eleven and six. And yes, I said them first for a reason. Tampa Bay also eleven and six. Carolina at a big fuck all you Baker haters seven and nine. And Atlanta bringing up the rear at 5-12. and 12. All right, boys and girls, that was all the wins coming to the air tonight, baby! All right, boys and girls, it's time you've all been waiting for. It's time for those free, I said free picks of the week. Longhorn, what do you got? Free picks on the futures in the NFC and AFC South. Well, I just have a NFC uh, South best bet. And obviously, just talked about it. I'm going to go New Orleans over that eight and a half wins. I've got them going 11 and six. And this is just for me. If you got a wild hair, I've got them at plus 300 to win that division. Again, not an official recommendation, but if you're feeling the way I am that New Orleans is is on the is on the come and Tampa and Tom at some point have to take a step back. Not bad value at plus three hundred, but the official is New Orleans over eight and a half wins, best bet. 
That's a good best bet. Uh, Tom Brady, I didn't bring it up, but uh, 2020, his first year there, ATS 12-7-1, including the playoffs, ATS, and last year 10-9. and Tom Brady continues just to pump out fucking paychecks. <laughs> if you just bet Tom Brady blindly, Unreal. every week Unreal. against the spread. It's fucking nuts. All right, best bets for me. I've got those hot Atlanta Falcons under five. I've got those Houston Texans under four and a half. And bonus best bet, boys and girls, little college football. <laughs> Air Force over eight and a half wins. They could be along when the first service academy to make a new york six new year six bowl game this year they have legit talent on both sides of the line their option attack has more of a little bit of a throwing element than normal and their schedule sets up fucking perfectly they went nine and three last year their basement for me this year is 10 and 2 they should be in the mountain west championship game easy over for me the men of air force this (laughs) year they're going to be a great, fun team to watch. And again, I didn't place a future on to win the Mountain West because I'm not sure they can quite pull it off. But over eight and a half, man, that's easy fucking money, baby. Mm-hmm, yeah, and, and don't forget they've got uh, Goose and Maverick on their team. So things are looking <laughs> up for things are looking real up for those Air Force boys. <laughs> All right, Longhorn. Speaking of easy money, tell them about that fabulous <laughs> website one more time. All right, you Glory Hole Seekers, that's going to wrap up another award-winning episode of the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Y'all come back to the Sports Patio next week, and don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating so we can pay those bills. We give out free picks on our website, on our podcast, and also on our social media platforms so people stop being sports stupid and use them all. But more importantly... Sign up for those premium picks at our website so that we can become partners for life in Bocephus, as always, in a mostly non-sexual way. People, stop throwing away your hard-earned money on a guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. God damn it, people never pay a book again. Steven Tyler, take us out, baby!